Hey, uh, I was at Target, you know, and uh, I saw this movie and I thought maybe we should watch it. And uh, it's like two hours long, so I edited it down to three minutes. 
It's called uh, Religulous, and it's by the comedian Bill Maher. Okay, so let's watch the movie. I certainly, honestly believe religion is uh, detrimental to the progress of humanity. You know, it's just selling an invisible product. It's too easy. These questions about what happens when you die and... They're so, they so freak people out that they will just make up any story and, and cling to it. You know, things that they know can't be true. People who are otherwise so rational about everything else. And then they believe that uh, on Sunday they're drinking the blood of a 2,000-year-old God. I, I think Jesus was probably an awkward teenager. Big Jufro, bad at sports. Here I am. Yeah, you could be right. I don't think it's very likely, but yes, you could be right, because my big thing is, I don't know. That's what I preach. I preach the gospel of I don't know. You're smart people. How can smart people, how can they believe in the talking snake and people live to 900 years old and the virgin birth and... fact is, religion must die for mankind to live. The hour is getting very late to be able to indulge in having key decisions made by religious people, by irrationalists, by those who would steer the ship of state not by a compass, but by the equivalent of reading the entrails of a chicken. Faith means making a virtue out of not thinking. It's nothing to brag about. And those who preach faith and enable and elevate it are our intellectual slaveholders keeping mankind in a bondage to fantasy and nonsense that has spawned and justified so much lunacy and destruction. Most people would think it's wonderful when someone says, I'm willing, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Except that since there are no gods actually talking to us, Please. that void is filled in by people. The Jews are the only reason that I am a Christian. I love them. But right? you're not, not going to take them up to heaven with you, are you? I'm going to go in the rapture, and I'm going to come back on a white horse. This is why rational people, anti-religionists, must end their timidity and come out of the closet and assert themselves. That's it. Grow up or die. Okay, so that was kind of intense, huh? Wasn't it? I think what Bill Maher is saying is uh, that we need to stop being religious and we need to become more rational, reasonable. That it's time we abandon faith and replace faith with reason, reason. And, and I was thinking about it and maybe Bill Maher is kind of well, on to something uh, when he talks about the importance of reason. In 500 BC, the Greek philosopher Heraclitus taught that reason is the source and the foundation or fundamental order for all the universe. That reason is like the very fabric of reality. In 350 BC, Aristotle taught that reason is the basis of all rational discourse. Reason is logic that 
governs logical uh, conversation, governs dialogue. The Greek philosophers identified rules of logic that they say we all know intuitively, a priori knowledge. Like if A implies B and B implies C, then A implies C. Logos governs language, giving words their meaning. Logic governs language, giving words their meaning, and thus allowing for communication. Dialogue is reasoning together. Around 300 BC, another group of Greek philosophers, the Stoics, argued that not only does reason pervade the entire universe, but there is like a seed of reason, a logos spermaticos in every human being. And that this presence of reason is our ability to reason which connects us to all of reality. Well, I think those Greek guys are really onto something. All reality is connected by reason. And if you think about it, all of society is connected by reason, kind of like, like this, see that? If each of us is a circle, then each, each line is reason, which manifests as language, meaningful words. If a person becomes unreasonable, they are utterly alone and cut off. If that happens by, by accident, we say that that person went insane. If it happens on purpose, we say that that person is a liar or a sinner lying to self or or lying to others. And it's still insanity, it's just chosen insanity. It's choosing to be lost because reason is the way. One night about 15 years ago, I was putting my son Jonathan to bed. We said prayers. I gave him a kiss and he said, Daddy, and I said, "Uh uh-huh. And he said, Daddy, I know what the most important thing is in all the world. And I said, you do? And he said, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, well, tell me. And he said, it's the alphabet. (laughs) No, I don't know exactly where he got that, but I've thought about that for years and I think he may be right, or at least close to right. I mean, the alphabet is the substance of words, like logic is the substance of communication. So without logic and reason, you are utterly cut off and alone. So I think it's safe to say that reason is the most important thing in all the world. Reason is the way, the truth, and the life. Reason is the light of all men, and apart from reason, you can do nothing. Now. At this point, some of you are getting kind of nervous because people like Bill Mayer have told you that Jesus is unreasonable. And other people like pastors and Bible study leaders have told you that you must have faith in Jesus and then implied that faith is unreasonable, but hang in there. Come on now and 
Let us reason together. Hey, that's even a Bible verse. Well, I was a senior in high school when I really began to take my faith seriously. And yet that's also when I began to really doubt seriously. I remember asking the spiritual kids at youth group, you know, the ones that said Justin really and cried during all the prayers. I remember asking them uh, to explain contradictions and give reasons. And when they get stuck in some logical corner, invariably they'd say, well, Peter, you, you, you just need to have faith, as if faith was the ability to reject reason and just keep going. Crony Campolo asked his son if he knew what faith was, and right away he responded, yes, Daddy, faith is believing what I know is not true. (laughs) In other words, faith is believing a lie. And so it was out of my deep, deep uh, love for truth and for reason that one night, my senior year in high school, I locked myself in the upstairs bathroom, knelt by the side of the tub, sobbing, Shaking, I remember I prayed, Jesus, I don't think I can believe in you anymore. And I felt the void, cut off, alone, nothingness, despair. But you see, I felt it either way. Before putting faith in what I thought or what seemed to be a lie and after not putting faith in in Jesus. Ironically now, I think that night was like the night of my conversion because ever since that night I haven't prayed that prayer and today I have to say, Jesus, I, I really can't help but believe in you. But you see, I do think that Bill Mayer was, was on to something. So let's ask his question, what is reasonable? Bill Mayer says that believing that you drink 2,000-year-old blood is unreasonable and believing that a, a snake could, could talk or did talk is unreasonable. And now that is unusual, but that's different than unreasonable. I think he's confusing what's reasonable with what's scientifically verifiable. You know, science is the study of what I can predict through observation in a controlled environment. So if an apple repeatedly falls at 32 feet per second squared, science says we predict that it will fall at 32 feet per second squared in the future. We call this the law of gravity, but we don't know it's a law. We just know that's what apples in our experience normally do. So if one day you see an apple floating in the air or a man walking on water, it's not necessarily unreasonable. It's unusual. And so you might want to pay attention for perhaps there's a reason he's walking on water and the reason is one that you haven't encountered before and you see that's entirely reasonable. However, it is entirely unreasonable for Bill Maher to imply the only things that are reasonable are things that are usual for me. That is uh, unreasonable itself. And, and not only is it unreasonable, it, it's, a, it's a bit insane. For the moment you say that is the moment that you're stuck in that. You're stuck in the universe of you 
with nothing bigger than you and nothing new. So miracles are unusual, but that's different than unreasonable. Uh, They don't violate reason and they are not without reason. Miracles are unusual, but that's not unreasonable. However, there are some things that are usual that at least to me seem pretty darn unreasonable. They may not violate reason or contradict reason, but they can't be explained by reason. So so if Bill Mayer thinks a 900-year-old man is unreasonable, he, he should think these things that I'm about to share with you are really unreasonable. This is my list. This is Peter's list of unreasonable things. Things for which there is no reason and my beautiful assistant will help me display the list to you right now. Uh, Number one, you can just lay that on the ground, honey, and tear those things off because I think, there you go, put that up right there. Number one, beauty. If someone says to you, hey, that sunset is beautiful, and you say, why? They will not be able to give you a valid reason. Beauty, goodness, what the Bible calls glory, no one can explain it. It's unreasonable. In other words, you cannot reason your way to beauty. Number two, love. Albert Einstein said, gravitation is not responsible for people falling in love. No, this trick won't work. How on earth are you ever going to explain in terms of chemistry and physics so important a biological phenomenon as love? And get this, real love, sacrificial love, isn't a biological phenomenon. I see no conceivable reason for love. You cannot Reason your way to love. Number three, life. You know, Darwin didn't explain life. You realize that, right? He didn't explain life, he explained death. What's the reason for one entity, one cell, serving another entity, another cell, and forming a life? For this matter, why does Bill Mayer want to live or think it's rational that others should live? Why does he think life is more rational than death? That's unreasonable. Number four, light. Now, it's not just that there's no reason for light. Light seems to be fundamentally unreasonable. Scientists say that it's a particle and that it's a wave. That's a contradiction. And get this, all space and time, they say, is relative somehow to light. And all space and time is the universe. (laughs) Existence. So that's number five. Existence, not things in existence, like talking snakes or 900-year-old guys, not things in existence, but existence, the foundation of existence, the cause of all things that have been caused, okay? So if you think of everything that's been caused, just think of that. Think of everything that has a cause. What's the cause of that? There must be an uncaused cause. Or if you think of everything for which there is a reason, 
What's the reason for that? Must be like an unreasonable reason. Philosophically, the foundation of reality has always been unreasonable. And now it's scientifically even unreasonable. If Bill Maher thinks talking snakes are unreasonable, it's absolutely nothing compared to the unreasonableness of the Big Bang. <laughs> that space and time themselves sprang into existence 15 billion years ago, sprang into existence from what? Well, there were no what's. No space, no time, so the beginning cannot be a what. Maybe a who. Outside of space and beyond time, and get this, all what's are continually dependent on a who. Quantum physicists now tell us that all physical reality is comprised of quantum particles that are fundamentally uncertain and unreasonable. In fact, they don't really even exist until observed. Cornell physicist David Merman put it this way. We now know that the moon is demonstrably not there when nobody looks. <laughs> Do you see what scientists are saying? They're saying that all what's are utterly dependent on a who that reasons. Dependent on a who, but get this, we don't even know what a who is. We don't know what consciousness is or what a person is. And so that's number six. Every person, every person is like an unreasonable reason. In other words, in every person there's like a seed or a piece or the image of the uncaused cause and you see that's just a scientific manifestation of an ancient philosophical problem which is the problem of me. <laughs> or I should say I, the I that observes me, that thing that is conscious of the self. You know what I'm talking about? Think about yourself. Think about yourself. Are you thinking about yourself? Are you? You can nod. Now what's that thing that's thinking of yourself? You're thinking of yourself, but what's the thing that's thinking of yourself? Logically, that thing cannot be yourself thinking of yourself, because then it would be yourself. It can't be yourself and not be yourself. In other words, what's the I that observes me? As soon as I observe I, it's no longer I, but, but me. I can't observe I. I think about me in the past, I postulate me in the future, but I exist forever now in the eternal moment. I am not an object in this world then. I am not in space and time, I'm like a spirit, like breath of the uncaused cause, and, and I reason. I, that thing I can't observe, reason. But what's reason? Okay, what's the reason for reason, and that's my last unreasonable thing. Number seven, reason. There is no reason for reason. How could there be? And how could you know, how could you know that reason is reasonable? How could you know that truth is true? I mean, there is no rational argument for rationality. You cannot reason your way to reason. You can only get there 
by faith. You can only be reasonable by faith, faith in reason. You know, people want reasons for faith, but you must have faith in order to reason. So the statement, faith is unreasonable, is profoundly, deeply unreasonable. For to reason that faith is unreasonable, you must have faith in reason, (laughs) right? You see, faith in reason is a religion. Atheism is a religion. For atheist, the atheist has faith that there's no God. Even agnosticism, not knowing, even agnosticism is a religion. Bill Maher says, I preach, I don't know. But how does he know that he doesn't know? If in fact, he really doesn't know. You know? You see, Bill Maher is very religious, like everyone. Very religious in the sense that he's using the word. Very religious and very devout. He has faith in his own reason. In May of 1793, during the French Revolution, all the churches in Paris were closed by law. And many of them were transformed into temples of reason, and they worshiped reason, even erecting a young uh, goddess of reason, a young woman, the, the wife of a famous artist in the cathedral of Notre Dame on the altar. Well, that period of French history is also known as the reign of terror. Somewhere between 16,000 and 40,000 persons were guillotined in public during the reign of terror, executed. Well, you see, that, that religion is also the official religion in communist China and was the official religion in the former Soviet Union where something like 60 million were starved or executed. And you see, all had faith in reason, but didn't know reason. You know, a little child puts faith in reason, but not their own reason. A child puts faith in their father's reason. And that's where they're reasonable. Faith in the reason of someone you know. Well, you can't reason your way to reason. You have to have faith in reason. That's why That's what I I mean when I say there's no reason for reason. Reason is the unreasonable reason, for it is reason. Not that it contradicts reason, but that it can't be explained by reason, for it is reason. And now look at this list up here of unreasonable things. Maybe they are unreasonable things because they are the reason. Beauty, goodness, what the Bible calls glory, love, life, light, the uncaused cause. I think we have to call that the creator. 
persons in the creator's image and reason, 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 the fabric of reality according to Heraclitus and Aristotle and the Stoics, reason, the basis of all dialogue, communication in word, reason, the seed in us that connects us to all reality, reason, the way, the truth, and the life according to the Greeks. Of course, the Greeks didn't use the word reason, they used the Greek word logos, translated Ratio or ratio in Latin. I don't know how to speak Latin. Or raison in French, from which we get reason in, in English. Logos, from which we get words like logic, dialogue, anthropologos, anthropology, sociology, biology, zoology, mineralogy, psychology, psych reasons, theology, God reasons, God word. Logos is translated the reason or the word. And now, we're ready to read our scripture for the morning. John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the logos, the reason, rationality, logic, word. In the beginning was the logos, and the logos, the reason, was with God, and the reason was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it, cannot comprehend it. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power, authority to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, and the logos, the reason, became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth, and we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, and from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus, the Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has made him known. In the beginning was the reason, and the reason was with God, and the reason was God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. We're not the author of reason. Reason is the author of us. We're not the judge of reason. Reason is the judge of us. We can't comprehend reason, but we can be comprehended by reason. We can't reason our way to reason. However, reason can reveal himself to us. That is, we can't know reason by reasoning, but only by revelation. And then we can recognize reason. And that's called faith. We can recognize reason because reason is the light that enlightens all men. 
all men. Did you ever think about that? That means when any person thinks a thought or has a dialogue, they are reasoning by grace through faith. Theologians call that general revelation. John 1.14, and the reason became flesh and dwelt among us. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger. Perhaps you heard about that. Theologians call that special revelation. But you see, it's old Jesus. Jesus is categorically bigger than any of us could think or ever thought, and yet he became small enough that we could all believe, have faith. So we could know him. Not a what, but a who. A person. That night by the bathtub, I lost the Jesus that I could comprehend. However, I had already been comprehended by the Jesus that I knew. It wasn't until years later that I realized that night by the tub I'd been talking to the Jesus in which I said I could not believe. And after that night, you know, I found lots of helpful reasons. However, I already had faith in reason. You see, his name is Jesus. So let's review, okay? If you didn't follow me so far. In the beginning, was was the word, the reason. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the, was the light of men. The light shines. Oh, the light is glorious. The light is, whoop, I've dropped the light. The light, <laughs> the light is beautiful. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that enlightens uh, every man was coming into the world. The true light was coming into the world because John will come on to say, go on to say that God so loved the world. Uh, he loved the world. The true light was coming into the world. Uh, he was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world knew him not. The world had faith in reason, but did not know reason. Uh, they knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who did receive him, he gave power to become the children of God. Do you see what I'm saying? When we 
crucified Jesus. We crucified the reason. We crucified reason because we wanted to control the reason rather than love the reason. We crucified wisdom because we wanted to take wisdom rather than love wisdom. We crucified, we, we wanted to take the knowledge of good and evil like a law rather than know the good and love the good as grace. We crucified reason. And yet, that right there is the revelation of reason. For the reason is sacrificial love, mercy, Grace, God, Jesus, from the bosom of the Father, he has made him known. Jesus Christ and him crucified is the revelation of reason and judgment by reason. If you receive Jesus, you are connected to beauty, love, life, light, God, and persons. You're connected by the word, the dialogue of heaven. Jesus is the reason. But if you reject Jesus, you're cut off in death, darkness, alone, insane, for you have rejected sanity the reason. In the words of John, you are condemned already because you have not believed. Imprisoned in death, although surrounded by life. Jesus Christ and him crucified then is the revelation of reason, judgment by reason, and salvation through reason. For on the cross, Jesus descended to the spirits in prison, even your spirit in prison. And what does he do? He helps you believe. He pays your debt, and he gives you faith. Faith in God, he gives you reason, he gives you himself, the reason. The reason was crucified for you so that you could come and reason with him so that you could fall in love with God. He is the reason. So he's certainly not unreasonable in the sense that he's contrary to reason for he himself is the reason. And yet he certainly is unreasonable in the sense that uh, he is the reason without some other reason for uh, that's who he is, the unreasonable reason, uh, the reason for all reasons. He's that big. And you see, he's that good. And now why would Bill Mayer not know such a thing? Well, perhaps partly because of ridiculous religion. Ridiculous religious people who don't believe Jesus is that big and that good. People who, to be honest, a lot of times don't want him to be that big and that good. Three years ago, I took this picture in Paris. It's the Church of St. Louis de Invalides. I think I said that right. It's the King's Church. Just like Notre Dame, during the French Revolution, it was transformed into a temple of reason. So they had faith 
in reason, but didn't know who reason was. How could they not know who reason was? It, it was a church. See these banners on the ceiling there? The sign explains that by the time of the French Revolution, the Cathedral of Notre Dame was adorned with 3,000 of those banners, and likewise this church, the Church of St. Louis, they were and are all banners that were taken from foreign armies that were conquered in war. You get the picture? The church was preaching the wrong reason. Even anti-reason, all in the name of Jesus. They preached that reason was the conquest of power rather than the sacrifice of love. That it was taking, that's the reason of this world, isn't it? That it was taking rather than giving. Now, of course, they preached giving and grace and love for themselves, but not for others. They didn't want Jesus to be that big and that good. So they cut Jesus. They cut Jesus. They cut the reason down to size, just like the crowd in Jerusalem cut him down to size long ago, just like we're so tempted to cut him down to size today. So you see, uh, the religious people had already crucified reason when the French revolutionaries began worshiping reason, and that is just an unspeakable tragedy, for then they worshiped dead reason, false reason, their own reason. They worshiped reason but did not know who he was and is. Well, maybe you've worshiped reason. And you see, I'm just telling you this morning who he is. Jesus is the reason. Made flesh, crucified, risen from the grave, even if you've never called him your Lord, you need to know this. He's not far from you. That's what scripture says. In fact, in him, you live and move and have your being. The word is near you and on your tongue and even in your heart, says scripture. He is the light that enlightens all men. The reason in all things, the reason of all things, the reason for all things, including you. And so on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me, my blood. Now, I don't know how to explain this. Transubstantiated essence, spiritual remembrance, I don't know how to explain this, but I'm here to tell you that this explains you. 
There's no reason for him. He is the reason for all things. Now, there are all sorts of reasons that can help you believe that this really happened, and yet I don't think there is or even could be a watertight proof that he is the reason for all reasons. And you see, he set it up that way. Because that's not what he wants from you. He doesn't want you to prove him. That would be unimpressive to him. He doesn't want you to prove him. He wants you to recognize him, surrender to him, and fall in love with him. That's called faith. He wants you to want him the way he wants you. Isaiah 118, come now. And let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Do you see what I'm saying? This is the logic of God. And he wants it to be your logic as well. Romans 12.1, therefore, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, which is your logikos, logical, reasonable, spiritual worship. So let's worship. Tear a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, and ingest the logic of heaven, and become the logic of heaven. The world already has a lot of faith in reason. But you see, they don't know who he is. Let's worship. Amen. So, Lord God, we thank you that through the grace of Jesus and by the power of your Spirit, you are helping us so that on that day, we will run into the light rather than away from it. You know, I think uh, John that wrote the Gospel of John is the same John that also wrote the Revelation. The same John that laid his head on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. And when you read the Revelation, it starts in this incredible way. John, who is the last of the disciples, is exiled on the island of Patmos, and he's worshiping. And suddenly, Jesus manifests to him in all his glory. His eyes are like on fire, and he radiates life and love. And do you remember what John does? This is the John that spent all that time with him in this world. He drops to the ground as if dead. I think it was because at that moment, John suddenly realized that every fiber in his being, every cell in his body, every thought that he even could think was continually upheld by the word of God who had just appeared in front of him and he was entirely vulnerable to him. Do you see why it's so important that you come to trust him Put your faith in him in this world. Because if you don't, when he appears, you'll run in terror.
and hide yourself in hell. But if you know him, if you worship him, if you keep surrendering to him, you'll run to him into the marvelous light from which you are made and in whose image you are being made. You see, that's what he's doing in this world. He's romancing us into faith. And so keep worshiping, keep believing. If you didn't understand the sermon, come back tonight, listen to it again, and you can worship some more at Resound, okay? But understand this, God loves you with everything that he is and everything that he's got. So in Jesus' name, believe the gospel, amen?